0: welcome to the business grind where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start build and run a successful business here are your hosts danny shaw and sean michael wellington hello to everyone in podcast land today thanks for joining us sean how are you feeling
1: good and ready to have our we our second our first second time guest Yes, our Mark. first,
0: second time guest. You are correct, yeah. uh, Mark Testa. Um, I always always get tongue tied with how to properly introduce you. Uh, so as I will defer to you, uh, Mark, on how you will introduce yourself to our audience today.
2: Hi, right, Mark Testa. I'm the owner and founder of uh, Mark Steven Agency. Oh,
0: well, that An was experiential real... agency. Okay, that was a uh, pretty simple i could have done that all right all right but you know what i
1: do want him to tell us what experiential agency is i know it's probably going to go down later and for the people who might not know what that means though i just want him to give us a quick explanation of an experiential agency sure
2: yes yeah so an experiential agency is a a, pretty much an event producing agency um creating experiences that kind of help build brands
0: Mm -hmm. perfect all right and we're going to get more into that especially since um you know, the experience can range in various mediums and environments and so forth. Uh, oh, yeah. t- so for our audience members who might be joining us or may not have got a chance to dig into some of our uh, past episodes, Mark was one of our first uh, guests on the show uh, in 2020, right at the start of the pandemic, right? So um, uh, we spoke about the business, uh, you know, how your business was impacted at the time, uh predictions on how you know changes moving forward uh so i think we can just kind of just dive right in and just kind of talk like if you can share your experience on how the pandemic impacted your business you know for good and bad and how did you navigate those changes and challenges uh since then
2: yeah so i feel so honored to be your, fir- your first second time guest <laughs>
0: oh, for
2: sure. <laughs> so yeah i mean it, it it's changed. Well, when it started, we were, we were kind of thrown off completely, mm-hmm. um, had to figure it out probably the worst time I've had uh, but we we shift I don't want to use the word pivot again mm-hmm. but you know we shifted around Daniel a little help me your team you know we did some virtual stuff and really kind of engaged in that and taught us our, ourselves a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. uh, particularly these virtual worlds uh, we figured we weren't going to go towards like the virtual um, like zoom meetings and all that that was being done and there was enough people doing it And we decided we're just gonna, you know, push into this virtual worlds, which for us, we were already doing renderings and design stuff for presentations. Mm -hmm. So I had somebody on my team who was really into it and wanted to learn more software. So we kind of dug into the whole gaming software and kind of figured out a way to kind of engage that and kind of like bring that to life. And, And we had a couple of clients right out of the bat who, you know, they were stuck too. And they're like, what are we gonna do? We can't do live events. And it's like, well, we can bring, we can try to recreate what we think is a fun event virtually on a computer. Um, so we created this whole world with them um, where they, people can walk around, they shop, You know, they were able to sell sponsorships and all of that. And then we, we did that for a couple of times. And then until some live events started coming back, um, so we were actually doing bolts. We did uh, you know, Essence Festival last year where we were able to do the live event, which was much more scaled down. People didn't even know what was happening mm-hmm. um, out in New Orleans alive but we're also in the virtual counterpart which worked out nicely so now you know we we have both skill sets that we can rely on to kind of help you know drive business and i'll be honest with you you know it feels a little deja vu right now so Mm -hmm. you know with with
1: with um omnicon right
0: right you know so Definitely.
1: I'm curious, since you kind of ventured into a brand new um, space, I mean, you know, during the pandemic, so you created this virtual experience, this hybrid virtual uh, event. How did you find your price points and what to charge your clients? Because it's something new that a lot of them probably weren't even that that used to, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, we had for us, it was tough, too. We had to figure out we had we couldn't just go. You know, percentage on total, which we used to, we had to look at the amount of time it was taking us to make these things. So, you know, we knew how long it took us to do a rendering. Say, it was you know, a full-on world was 40 hours, and it's like, okay, well, how much is our hourly rate? Um, we probably, you know, didn't make a whole lot of money on the first one, but then the, we learned real fast mm-hmm. that we had to start <laughs> that we had to start charging a little more, and then we started looking at what other people were charging. We're like, all right, so you know, we can definitely charge more. Um, the great thing that we've discovered through the year was that our margins were better. You know, we weren't out there, I wasn't spending money on carpenters and and staff, you know, a huge amount of, you know, brand ambassadors and all that kind of stuff. We were, it was really just us and a team working hourly on a computer. Um, So I wasn't, you know, going out and, you know, spending money on, on random stuff or travel or any of that stuff. So at the end of the day, we're like, our margins were cl- you know closer
0: to what i like them to be compared to actually live events which was a nice surprise i'm assuming prior to the pandemic like all of your work was live events in person right yes and then the shift during the pandemic to being all virtual in a new a new landscape that you are really not you know too familiar with uh let's say where would you with well the reopening but then also possibly the non reopening with the new variants what is your percentage now of like live events to virtual events type uh, work and projects right about now
2: it's it's hard to say I mean here we are beginning of 2022
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know we had a number of stuff heading into the end of 2021 mm-hmm. that were starting to get canceled again um, you know there was a little bit of a shift in the Thanksgiving people started getting nervous again so you know, I, I it's hard to say. I mean, I would I would say we were about 50-50 uh-huh. mid-year um, with the hope of going like, you know, 75-25 with 75 being the, actual, the real world.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And then things started shifting. And now heading into 2022, you know, just today somebody came who was actually producing a big event. Um, we weren't really involved in it, but... You know they're actually scaling back, and they were reaching out to us to see about virtual now, uh-huh. which is interesting. So it's like I just don't. I'll be honest with you. I just don't know. Right. Um, you know our our skill set is still, you know, live events. However, you know we we are still a, you know, part of our thing is design. Right. So you know that's always helped us. Like we're working on a project now. Even and and when you say experiential, it the lines do get blurred a little. So right now we're doing a branding event for a real estate company, which we're going into their office and redoing you know, uh, branding and imagery and all of that kind of stuff. And that's going to take us for the next three months, um, which is great because we've always had that skill. You know, we, we would do branding and graphic design and all of that for an event. Now we're actually doing it for um, a real estate company and their offices. So that, that's a whole nother thing. But to me, it's all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have that skill set
0: that we can rely on. You know could you speak to any maybe just any you know emotional i'm assuming there's probably some emotional um things that you had to deal with with the business and changing things and just figuring out how you're going to make it work during this time because um yeah there was a lot going on in the world as a whole right let alone your livelihood
2: yeah i mean i'll be honest with that i don't know you know the first time we did the podcast mm-hmm. i think i had already gone through because i'm yeah because i was at home Mm -hmm. we'd already gone through the initial shock Mm -hmm. and that happened with you know within the month of march 2020 yeah 2020 march of 2020 Mm -hmm. we get the initial shock when you have you know five six things get canceled at once and you realize everything's gone um that was hard laying everybody else was laying everyone off was hard because that had to happen immediately Mm -hmm. um because you just watch the rest of the year just disappear um once I got past that and realized it was out of my hands, there was nothing I could do about it. I just kind of like sat there and was like, all right, let's breathe. Um, And then we had to try to figure it out. You know, you like, how long is this going to last? I don't know. What do we, what do we know? What can, what do we learn? And how can we make some money? Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, for me, it was just a situation where I had no choice. I don't, you know, I still you know, have a child, and mm-hmm. you know, and a, and a house, and and every you know apartment that I have to pay for, and and all of that. So we have to make it work. Um, that gets you through a lot. Um, there, there. But at the same time, there was a certain amount of I don't I don't want to say relief at the back end. Well, there's a little bit of relief when you realize you weren't alone on this. Mm-hmm. I think that was that happened a little later um, when you were talking to people. Uh, who do what I do and they were in the same situation. Um, and like you said, some did not make it. I've had vendors who just didn't make it. Mm. And, and at the end of 2020, you know, I had to scramble, we had like a a three year contract with with a nonprofit and one of our vendors, you know, went under Mm. and I was like, I had to satisfy that three year contract still. Um, and I had to figure that one out and he sold his inventory and, and that was challenging. Um, So we figured it out and then we just kind of kind of just take day by day Mm -hmm. and kind of go where we have to go and and i and i'm finding this right now i can get really upset about this omnicom omnicrom thing Mm -hmm. um but there's nothing i can do all i can do is say hey where where's money to be made where's the business to be made you know what's some low-hanging fruit or what's what's what do we have going on and let's just focus on that rather than what we don't have what we we don't know
1: all right and do you feel like you still have to be in a position of like always pivoting and always trying to just make sure you have you know the, the next revenue stream on your horizon just because of the variance and how things are still like very in the air
2: yes yeah and i and i think uh, there's, there's some good that came out of a lot of good that came out of covid um you know it it it, it you know, it's, it's how I felt about like 2008. It's about how I felt about, you know, 9-11. You know, I've gone through three. This is my third one as a business owner. And I was like, if I've survived this one and I've survived the other two, that means we're okay. You know, we're going to make it. Um, surprisingly, um, 20, was it 2020? Um, probably made more profit than I made in 2019, even though 2019 was a bigger year, you know, cause I was just, we weren't, we were just so focused on survival. Mm-hmm. Um, which was interesting. I mean, we didn't, our revenue wasn't huge, but the, the, the margins were higher. He's like, you kind of made money here. I'm like, I did. <laughs> um, and then 2020. So then I pulled all the projections back for 2021 and, you know, I set a goal. Um, and now looking at end of, now we're in 20, January, 2022, I set a goal for 2021 and we actually hit it. So I have to look at that and say, right, you know, it wasn't 2019 numbers, but we hit our goal. We knew where we, we set a goal. We knew where we needed to be. And now we were able to do it. So this part of it is like, if I can do that, I can look at 2022, look at the world around me, you know what's happening and then set a new goal and based on ex just rely on based on experience and knowledge you know we've now had this business for 17 years that we've survived through all of this we will continue to survive and and like you said sean we got to keep evolving and COVID has told told us that we have to evolve and if you don't you're going to die mm-hmm. so it may be little evolutions here and there are even the digital and, and Danny, you know, too, mm-hmm. you know, this whole digital stuff, you know, we got to keep changing because it's changing all the time. You know, somebody hit me up for NFTs. I'm like, Okay, I don't know. I understand. No, I shouldn't say that. I don't understand them. I, I, pretend, I pretend to. I, I, I. You know. I whatever. But I
1: call them digital baseball cards. That's what I call them.
2: That's a good way to put it. I'm like, and somebody was saying they were buying real estate in the metaverse. And I'm like, and they're spending a million dollars. And and I'm like, we were just literally having a. Con- I was speaking with Harry from my team a little before this this call and we were talking about the digital metaverse and how we can find real estate and he's like well the real estate is a million dollars now so right. I'm like okay I need to understand this because somebody's going to ask me this and I have to I at least need to be knowledgeable when somebody asks me mm-hmm. so I have to like force myself to kind of keep keep up to date on all these things
0: right right yes it's, it's a it's a lot of change going on uh, here um I think I would, would be curious to, you know, now that you're in these different spaces, right? Um, any, you know, like you said, now you're learning more about the digital space and trying to figure that out. And even if you don't really know what the NFTs are and <laughs> things like that, anything within the last two years where you're just like, you know, this is something I just, this is one area I just would rather not do, even though, you know, it's part of the this part of the new world that we're in and like i just it's, it's still not something i'm totally ready to get into that's related to experimental work
2: um no okay. no i i i be honest with you i'm pretty much open to it um i i'm trying to stay away from things that everybody else is doing like i said you know the zoom meetings you know, for some of these nonprofits, you know, you get your little package in the mail and, you know, you do this zoom meeting and and it's like, nobody really likes, I don't think I shouldn't say that, but I don't think people really like them. The nonprofits were, you know, it's, it's all online. I'm like, that's not what we signed, what I signed up for. It's a little boring to me. Um, so that's why I'm leaning a little bit more towards these virtual worlds like, you know, the, the metaverse. And, and before we were we were playing around, Danny, you know, we were playing around before this was called the metaverse. Right Now it has a name. I'm like, we're on it. You know, it's kind of <laughs> cool to say we were kind of there. I don't know. We, and we were just doing what we're doing to survive. But, you know, I know some some. Experiential have have literally leaned into the whole Zoom nonprofit meetings. You know, they send out an invitation. Somebody comes on. Somebody says a few words. You know, how, you know, it's like to me that is completely boring because I have to. We have to do the Zoom meetings with clients. I don't necessarily want to do on a Zoom event. And I've done a couple. You know, we've done some fireside chats for the um, like the mayoral race. We help a, a nonprofit with that because they we understood it better than they did. So we we set everything up, and I'm like. And somebody came back to us can say can you do it again i'm like you know what i really I, I didn't say this but i i just it i didn't feel comfortable and i didn't want to get wrapped up in that mm-hmm. world because i think there's some people that are doing it and they're doing it very well um i just didn't want that to be my <clears> business i would rather push a little further i'd rather push into the the metaverse i'd rather push into the nft i'd rather explore that because to me they're closer to a live event because you can move around and you have it gives you a, a feeling and an emotion it gets you you know it's like gaming it gets you there's something there mm-hmm. watching an image on a zoom call you know where half the people are probably not even showing their face is not doesn't do it for me
0: right right was there COVID compliances that you had to be considerate of and think about as you were designing these things was that a responsibility that came on you and you had to Ahead uh, to these new rules or how did that work for you
2: so yeah i mean uh, the, the protocols were everywhere uh, you know we in it depending depending on the time of year when we were out in new orleans you know this was you know back in june when we did that uh, the essence project um we every person had to be um, tested every single day and it was a tremendous amount of people who weren't vaccinated um so every we we had to send people away and then guests had to come. You know, we actually had temperature checks at the time. Um, Guests, we didn't have to worry about as much, but we really, really limited who was there. And it was people were chosen, um, you know, invite only. So it wasn't the big crowds. I mean, a little further down, we did a project in uh, October. um, There was it was just um, everybody had to be vaccinated. Um, including staff and I've had a few people uh, on staff who refuse to get vaccinated. So I, I'm like, I can't, you can't work on the projects. Mm. And I, I, unfortunately I was like, you know, they, they're like, but what do you mean? I'm like, look, this is the way it is. These are the, these are the rules. And it actually makes it a lot easier when the state or the city kind of dictates it because when you tell somebody they can't work, it's not my opinion. I was like, I would love for you to work cause I need the person, I need you to work. But at the same time, if the state says, I can't, you can't work because of, or the city, because you're not vaccinated,
0: then you're not working. Right. right. Did you have to get any uh, type of certifications and training or did you have to outsource, you know, bring in another vendor for these type of live events moving forward, how did that work?
2: No, I mean, I think,
0: you know, outside of the
2: testing, we had to, you know, get professionals to test. You know, when we were in New Orleans, we had bands out out of each venue, testing everybody um but we were as long as we were following the rules of the city and we would get printouts um you know at the start of the event and i I still get emails from the city of new york that come to me and say these are the rules and i gotta follow them um so as long as you go through that you're fine and and you know you 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 have to go with you have to proceed as if they're checking you you know we were at this venue We had to do everything that we could. And I remember collecting, you know, people would sign up. Did you test? And I'd keep all the paperwork, even though somebody didn't say I needed to keep the paperwork. I was concerned that if somebody ever asked me for it, I had the paperwork proving that I did what I was supposed to. So we were just relying on what was happening or what the cities were, what what the city or this federal, you know, guidelines were, which still they're changing every day. So you just kind of, I got to keep up on it.
1: Now, Mark, I remember a lot of the events I would, I was doing, like, right at the start of the pandemic when things were, like, opening back up. We had to bring on a COVID compliance officer for a lot of our events. Is that something you had to run into, too, a COVID compliance officer who would check, like, masks and have hand sanitizer and anything like that? No, we
2: just pretty much did it ourself i mean we would have security guards you know we we were pretty well versed in most of this stuff so we knew what we needed to have and we kind of went above and beyond so you know if it's hand sanitizer we had hand sanitizer stations everywhere and you know we'd always have a guard standing at the door you know everybody would have somebody had to show their vaccination i'm not the one standing at the door i knew new york state you need to show that vaccination card or that app um, so we would have that guard then help us to do that. And it was just it, it. They were just primarily security guards. They were probably trained in that way. I, I don't think there was an official school in this. Um,
0: I think it, it wasn't brain surgery on a
2: lot of this stuff. It was like just do what
0: you're told. With regard to where we're at now with this new landscape, you know, what are your predictions? Uh, For the future of your business and in the sector that you're in uh, moving forward. We went you went from doing mostly, you know, well, not mostly all in-person events to having to change your business model to adapt to the times. And now it seems, you know, there's going to be more uh, adjustments that you'll have to make. You know, what do you kind of see on the horizon happening for your industry?
2: Yeah, just based on what I'm hearing, just even this week, you know, during the holidays, things were quiet. Now that things are opening up and some of the projects that have been on the books are getting pulled back a bit. So I personally, it's tough to say. I mean, I I don't know how, you know, the Omicron variant is not what what we were in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier. I I think there's a lot of, my opinion, there's probably more panic and hype to a lot of it. Um I think it will fade um by the spring. Mm-hmm. Um I don't see a lot of people doing big events, you know, th- until the spring. I mean, we've got some stuff scheduled for like April. Mm-hmm. Um conversations are being had right now. Um they're not pushing it. I just know that the more immediate stuff is being pulled back. Um, if you look at like, for example, you know, the Grammys, you know, once, once a company, once like the Grammys get pulled and they wait, people are going to watch that. When the big events are pulled, the smaller events are gonna be like, hold on, hold on. I don't want to, let's just wait and see what they do. Um, so I, I don't see anything happening until this, I think it's slow until the spring Mm -hmm. and then it hope my goal, my wish is that by spring into summer, we start getting back to normal. Um, and then we're hopefully by the end of the year, some sort of normalcy. I, I feel that there's a there's a pent up energy still. Um, and I found it found it at the end of 2021. People wanted to be out the events and they were coming back really fast. Um, we just had a little bit of you know, But now we're getting a bit of like, hold on, hold on. Let's mm-hmm. let's not go so fast. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I it, it's 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 going to be slow. It's going to be slow. But I, I definitely think it's back. you know, I, I think when it comes to events, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, there's there's no, to me, there's no better way to build brand loyalty than through events mm-hmm. um, and they're ready to go. They just want to know that they're safe and nobody wants to be the one or no company wants to be the one that created a super spreader, you know, because they're going to get blamed. So right. they're going to wait, they're going to wait and see, but they want to do it or they're going to do it smaller scale, like we were doing in 2021 um, we were still doing the same events. Um, rather than a thousand people, you had you know, 200 people and then you were live streaming. Mark, could I
1: ask you about one of those events specifically? Cause I, I saw that you had worked on the Hennessy activation with that like piece of art. So I just was curious, how did that particular like project come about? Cause it seems as though Um, I don't know, Dan, you could jump in if you have a different opinion, but I feel like alcohol companies and things like that weren't really looking, were okay during the pandemic, like they weren't hurting as much as some of the other companies. Um, So I was just curious, you know, A, why the need for an activation like that? And then also, you know, how they approached you?
2: Yeah, I mean, we had worked with um, Hennessy when they were, they had, uh sponsored the um, essence fashion house which you know the essence fashion house happened in fashion week in September um and that's another example September people are still on the edge but you know New York fashion week and IMG were still pushing forward with fashion week so once they gave the go-ahead we were going but there was still some time we were on edge but you know we continued forward uh, they then got Hennessy to sponsor that. And we had, were helping Hennessy um, build out their activation. They were doing the green rooms. They were doing the VIP, they were doing a photo op. So that's, we got, they got to know who we were. Um, and then they were sponsoring a, a nonprofit event uh, in, in November. And they called us. They're like, look, we, we want to do a photo activation. And I'll be honest with you, we're like, look, we don't, we, we, it seemed very small at the time. Like, well, if you, we were actually told them, it's like, you know, you might want to consider just getting a photo booth operator. And they're like, no, no, we want a full on build out. I'm like, huh. you do? Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> then they, then they let us, I think, like, so they're willing to really let us have some fun here, you know, build the, you know, a structure. You know, with LED lights and graphics and you know take they didn't they didn't they're like we like what you did before just do that and at that point too that particular event there were no there was no um, uh, everybody thought they're out of the woods you know there was there was no holding back on that event uh, so that was like any other event it felt really good actually because there were they were you know, people were sitting down they were having dinner It was a full-on gala and then this photo activation was happening on the side that we were in charge of uh, you know bringing so we you know we created it we designed it you know got the operators had staff there to kind of make
0: that you know really stand out for them money was moving you just had to know it was moving too right um and try to figure out how to get it because while Budgets was being cut for live events, as you see, Mark, you know, uh, it was definitely transitioning into a more digital stuff before this happened. And I mean, well, actually, I think right when it started happening, things are shutting down. I didn't have any predictions for the future on what was about to happen. Uh, but then, you know, business just got incredibly busy on my side of the world, like busier than normal. And it was like, what what's going on? And I think for me, you know, just want to ask you, I know you probably didn't have any predictions, but in hindsight now, you know, any thoughts on the journey from from then to now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think money was moving, you know, I think still moving. You know, these companies have money I and mean, all of our sponsors have money. They, they need to spend it. their marketing dollars are there. And we, like you said, we got to figure out how to find it. And that, I think, in many ways kind of keeps you going because you got to figure out how to get it. <laughs> they want to do something. They have to do something. They and and as time goes by, they're actually holding it, but when it's, it's still there, um so we've learned to kind of like look for it and and figure out what they're looking for. So if for example, it's Hennessy, um, when Hennessy says, no, we just don't want to do a small activation. We want to do a big activation. I'm like, well, okay, we're there. You know, let's, You know, we, we gave them a budget. I'm like, well, this is what this is going to cost. And like, okay, that's great. Just do it. Um, same thing with the digital stuff. I'm like, this is now what it cost. Um, and they're like, okay, make it work. Because at the end of the day, like when we did our original um, uh, digital uh, world, I knew they had and you know, at the time was bustle, they needed to sell in their sponsors. So typically they would sell the sponsors in a live event and they would get those sponsor dollars or the act or the advertising dollars. So they were just funneling it through to a to a digital world. So we had to help them get their money because it was still there. Mm -hmm. You know, you had, you know, Gap, for example, was still spending on, on, they were just taking their live dollars, sponsor dollars, and they're putting it into digital world. And we had to help them. I mean, I think they made a ton of money on the project. Um, So it really, we were, like you said, the money's there. So I've I've learned to kind of look for it, uh, figure out who has it and and help them get it and help us get it.
1: Uh, I was just curious, not you don't have to say numbers or anything but like you, you know what's been the biggest kind of campaign you've worked on since the pandemic
2: uh probably the essence uh in 2021 because what even though it's got scaled back um you know, it's not at the massive Superdome. It got scaled back into a series of smaller events, but we still do an out. We did a drive-in, we did an outdoor stage. We had three activations, which were roaming around the cities of New Orleans. And even though it had like two to 300 people at a max per, per event, um, we were still there. Our activations and our staging and our screenings were still, you know, these were outdoor big outdoor events. We were doing four, we, I think we were looking at like at one time seven events in a, in a three day period. That was pretty big and what was technically a pandemic and but we couldn't tell anybody, but it was it was still happening and we were doing the virtual part component also. So
1: that was probably the biggest. Okay. Cause I did see well, as we were looking at some of the things you've done since we talked last, I did see you had an activation with the Empire State Building as well. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Empire State Building is interesting, because they're kind of interesting. They, they're consistent. Um, we've we've been with them, probably about as long as we've had the business um, through their PR department, we kind of and talk about a business that is that is, um, you know, they're Covid has dramatically hurt them. You know, I, I used to go to the top of the Empire State Building and do some activations at the observation deck. And when nobody's going up, they're losing, you know, millions of dollars. So we, you know, for us, we're always doing their window displays. So we do their their exhibits there. We do a lot of work on the observation deck. And same thing with them. They needed to. They have a lot of competition. For example, there's like the Edge and then the World Trade One World Trade Center. It's no longer just the Empire State Building because they trying to make money off of the observation deck they have competitors so how do we enhance that experience for them so for us it was like even it's creating a step and repeat at the observation deck helping them with that you know helping them do these different things that they're trying to do but it's it's not like these big events for them it's it's almost like a, a consistent monthly thing and they've even during 2008 during the crash they've always been very consistent Like every month we go in, we do an exhibit. Next month we're working with the, we're doing an exhibit with them and the government of China for the Chinese New Year and all this exhibit stuff being shipped from China and we work with them to install it. So it's one of those things that I can almost count on no matter what happens in the world, they're always kind of
0: there, which is a nice feeling. I'm assuming, you know, you're not really a, you didn't do a lot of digital before, right? So I'm assuming that maybe outside of the designer, You even mentioned how your designer, you know, learned some of the software and, um, but what about like the rest of your staff? Pretty much everybody's virtual now. So once I got, if
2: you would have asked me the same question, you know, pre-pandemic when people wanted to move away, I'm like, it's not happening. I've had to just come to terms with it. You know, I've got one guy who moved, you know, met, met a, a woman on one of our events and you know, within one week, he went down to visit her in Miami. He never came back. You know, I was like, "There's no reason to come back. There's, it's you oh. know, COVID. You <laughs> might as well stay." And, and now now it's like, you know, you're, you're a year and a half out. So I'm like, I guess it's working out. And we literally talk every, we have a 10 o'clock call with with him. And and he's actually the one that has, loves the whole, you know, digital world. I'm like, just keep going with it. You know, just just go with it. I'm, I'm open to it. I've got to be open to everything. Mm. And this, I've had to let a lot of stuff go. So, and then, you know, Lucy, who works with us, you know, she, she always wanted to go to move to Chicago. She had a baby and I was like, well, now's your time. You know, I had to lay her off, but the moment things picked up, we hired her back, mm-hmm. um, and she's working right in Chicago. And she's literally working on a pro. We're actually doing an installation right now at the Empire State Building, and they told me not to be there. I'm the only one in New York, right? Mm-hmm. But they're little Lucy's literally communicating with them every hour. Mm-hmm. She told me not to go, and I was like, okay, I just gotta. I've got to learn to, you know, like they say, work on the business, not in the business, mm-hmm. which is always that you know, you've heard that <laughs> heard before, that. right? You've heard that before. No, but I've that. <laughs> never
1: heard that.
2: And that's that's my biggest challenge. So she's like, you don't need to go. I mean, what we're doing, we're taking out Christmas. We're putting one of our evergreen exhibits in and, and the guys have done it. And I'm like, you know, let them do it. They'll, they'll be fine. So she's been, you know, FaceTiming with them and we've taken the technology and they're just talking back and forth. I'm like, I stopped by there at noon and looked are like, they don't need me there. It's a good place to be, but it, it's still uncomfortable for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's working remote. I've, we've now worked with a team out in London for some of the digital stuff. That's interesting. We're working with them. Um, Danny, I think, you know, we've been working together, you, digi- you know, mm-hmm. online, you know, we none of us have been in one spot at one time, unless we're doing a live event in which, uh, when we were doing some stuff in September, I had to fly everybody out. know but at least then the project pays for and justifies it we're all here for a week and then you know we had like three projects back to back and we just kind of made it work um you know we're looking at next week to kind of do a live meeting with one of the clients for something now um because it's one of those things where we actually have we can't just you know be on a call for one hour we this is like a a brainstorming strategy session Mm -hmm. for some project and and, you know later down the year but i've got to everybody's got to be in a room And they're open to it they actually understand the value of it so i've had to open you know the whole staff you know they got i've i've relied on i brought people back um some people we've brought back just on a project by project basis because we don't know necessarily what's happening um but i've been open to it i've also explored new people that we you know we lost like i said we lost some people who didn't want to get vaccinated and i was like why why but (laughs) all right it's your choice And had to bring new people on that I I didn't know, you know. And more people are now coming to us because they're they're leaving their other jobs and they want to try what we're doing. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. We'll try it. I'm open to it once again. I may not have thought of you before. Mm -hmm. Let's see what you can do.
0: Oh, this is good to hear. I mean, um, Mark, you know, as always, a friend to the room. We've done business. uh, It's been on each other's show. So, and especially, it's just, I think for me, it's just very good uh, to see uh you've been able to be successful and thrive d- during this pandemic <laughs> that's, you know uh very happy you know it was a lot of uncertainty we not just for your business all the all businesses for the most part it was just a lot of uncertainty so definitely happy that you know you're checking in with us uh close to two years later and to see that okay not only have you survived you know in some instances you're actually thriving and you know you've been able to discover new revenue models and and other opportunities outside of what you were known for uh, before the pandemic.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and for, for me, it's just a matter of, um, you know, looking at what we can do and also not not necessarily looking around, you know, not comparing yourself to other mm-hmm. companies. I mean, I see what other people are doing and, you know, it's like, oh, I should have had that job. I It's like, no, we, we've got our projects. Let's mm-hmm. continue on. Let's, you know, stay stay the course. you know even for you dan you know even starting the podcast this all happened during COVID. my own podcast with your help you know through COVID, as a way to kind of you know talk to new clients and talk to people too and i use that as a as a form of of you know marketing which is like i would never have done that before
0: so so sean uh based off uh mark's testimony right Mm -hmm. What, what, uh, what would be, I guess, some of your takeaways that we would share with our audience? Usually we say, well, we took this away from reading this book or movie, uh, watching this business movie. Uh, what would be some of the takeaways you've, you've gotten?
1: I mean, takeaway number one is these companies have money, (laughs) so (laughs) don't forget that. That's true. Um, But, you know, pivoting and and adapting, evolving, um, that seems to be a common theme. It's just that's how he was able to, you know, maintain not even just through this crisis, but, you know, you mentioned three crises throughout the history of your business that you were able to pivot through. So those are like the two biggest takeaways is, you know, remembering that money didn't disappear (laughs) just because there's a. You know, there's something going on. The people who have money still have it. They're, if anything, they haven't spent it because nothing else is going on around them. But also just the whole idea of rolling with the punches and pivoting your business as much as you can. So,
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Yeah. Especially, especially the uh, adapting part. You know, I think, um, you know, it I feel, I'm, and it might sound cliche because, you know, Sean, we, we're always talking about business. I'm like, you got to adapt, you got to adapt. Uh, And I think there's a difference between adapting and just adding things to your business offering just because for the sake of doing it. There's there's a difference, right? And um, but I think if any if anybody if anyone wants to take anything away from this episode, it's really just the um the power of adapting and being resilient, right? Uh, and and assessing everything and not really going into panic mode because if there's anything, I mean that would warrant panic mode, I would think it would be the pandemic, right, that would definitely, uh, cause for a lot of panic and uncertainty, but, uh, you know, there's, there's always, there's always some other options and ways to figure things out, uh, once you kind of calm down and look at it from different perspectives, all right?
2: Yeah, so true, mm-hmm. you know, and I think too, you know, I think, for me what's helped me is like try to stay healthy
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um take care of yourself um and also take take the long-term view so you know for me it's in the beginning of the year you got to look what's 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 it going to look like december 2022 we're already like there and how are all these things might come at you but just kind of kind of weave in and out figure it out figure it out because you got to get you got to get to the other end. What does that dollar look? You know, how much business do you want? You know, how much revenue do you want? Where you know you got? I've got responsibilities with staff and everything. I got to keep all that going. So look beyond. If I looked at just tomorrow, the week, or whatever, I'd, I'd go crazy. I have to look beyond into the end of the year already.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Well, uh, Mark, definitely appreciate you uh, stopping by again and uh, giving us some updates and sharing your experiences. Uh, definitely look forward to hearing more updates about the business and uh, where it's going. All right, so that's a wrap on this week's episode of Mark Testa, founder of Mark Stevens Experiential Agency. Hopefully, we're able to pick up some insights from this conversation as he shared his business journey during this pandemic. If you have any questions you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels, or shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com. See you again soon. In the meantime,
1: keep, keep grinding. Fighting.
0: The business grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.